You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster D Face, bringing you guys another episode this week. And this week's episode, we'll be talking about big developments. We had the Olympics arrive to uh, not only Fortnite, but esports as a whole. They um, are basically injecting themselves into the narrative right now, which is very interesting because we're talking about a time when all over the timeline all these other in- industry professionals are looking at esports as it to be downscaling or shrinking but now you have mainstream major entities like the olympics saying now's the time to jump in and invest build our products start now where would that take us in the next five years i think that's going to be the turning point so anyways we'll talk more about what that means for the entire scene with that, before we jump into, of course, introducing the boys, Panda and SBG, I want to thank you guys for returning to the podcast, checking out the episode. If you are listening today, you might have a lot of content to review. We also have the episode that I just dropped a little bit late. I want to apologize for that, but it was because John ruined the audio in the intro, but you get the topic, you get the gist of it. It's all out there. It's about kick and twitch, the conversation, the the interview that Jake managed to put on for the community. It's fascinating stuff. And we dive into what all of that means for the industry and honestly how kick is coming out on top. And we'll talk a little bit about some uh, changes that we're seeing Twitch make today in this episode as some other stuff has developed. But with that, Go ahead and leave a review, leave a like, all that good stuff that you normally do. Let's go ahead and jump in and introduce the boys. We got Panda, of course, coming back up in here, traveling up from Florida. I guess everyone's Mm -hmm. on travel right now. What's up, bro? Oh, man, dude, it was a crazy weekend. Phenomenal stuff over there at XP League. Uh, Love what they're doing uh, with the program. And unfortunately, had some travel issues, but I'm home for a few more days. And then I travel to another undisclosed location. Can't say much, but... You know, we just keep moving. Oh, I mean, you sure you can't say much? You know, by the time we drop this, it's kind of in the future. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll let you maybe leak at the end of the show. Stay tuned to see where Panda's going. Yeah, maybe if next you listen event. to the very end, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Make it to the end. Uh, SVG, my boy, welcome back. Of course, we know that you were absolutely on travel. You were uh, across the world. How was it? Oh, dude, it was sick. Um, was that the Olympics in Singapore? Olympic esports week. I'm sure we'll dive right in here in a second, but man, I still can't believe that's real, boys. Yeah, I want I want you to like literally pick up from right there. Finish your thought. You went to the Olympics in Singapore. Take us through it. Um, maybe maybe for someone who never received such a massive email in their life. Like what <laughs> what what was that like? Did your heart drop? Did did it skip a couple beats? Or you like hold up? Is this real? Like what, what was that like? What was that contact point feeling like? Yeah, so I, I was at the in-laws, and I get this email on a Sunday morning. I'm like, uh, what is this? This seems a little weird. I read through it. Like, ah, uh, the Olympics, Fortnite. No, Fortnite, it was just kind of announced. So, you know, maybe this is real. But initially, I was like, nah, there's no way. This is not real. I'm like, but you know what? This is too good not to pursue. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll respond. I'll see what's up, see what's going on. Sure enough, a couple weeks later, I get contracted to do the Fortnite event at the Olympics, and that was out in Singapore. Never been to Southeast Asia before. That was sick. That was a very long plane ride. Um, And then just the gravity of the moment. I'm someone that has been a huge fan of the Olympics. I watch it both winter, summer, every single time that it's on, enjoy it. Love all the weird random sports. Like obviously the main ones you got to watch, but getting to see these athletes that are just like the cream of the crop. It's some random thing that you may have never heard of, like water polo, right? Who plays water polo? (laughs) Now we had uh, eSports. It was the Olympic eSports series 2023. So this was not attached to any official like, olympics outside of just this event it was strictly focused on esports and they had i want to say 13 different games and at first you know there was some feedback from the gaming community that was like yeah this isn't exactly esports because i mean let's be honest a lot of the games were mobile games they weren't exactly what you think of when it comes to esports i was one of those people i was like dude this is ridiculous yeah i, I remember i was gonna say i remember like the first like early tweets this was a while back i don't know if it was a leak or it was intentional but there were like several nintendo switch or like wii games like there were some very odd game choices some of which were sports games 
right? That they were trying to bake into the uh, what was going to be the Olympic lineup. And I guess somewhere along the line that changed, probably like you said, due to the, the backlash, because they definitely got backlash. But go ahead. Yeah, so some of it was because of that backlash. And then it's also, think of it this way. You have traditional sports and Olympics, and you have that audience already. So what is it going to be easier to do? Bring the esports community into the Olympics and sports community or bring the sports community into the esports and gaming community. And it's kind of like you could have gone either way. You could go hardcore gaming and esports at first, or you could do these games that replicate regular sports that people know and then kind of start to ease people into that more virtual gaming area so that that's how i saw it they're like oh we got all these old people that watch sports let's make it a little easier let's get these actual sports in games and figure out how it works and yeah dude it was it was so cool the players were awesome so fortnite event we'll jump right into that because it's a fortnite podcast but it was like a fncs all-stars event where there was an aim course a couple different ones there was an edit course there was cranking 90s and then um a little bit of movement involved and it was just kind of you know who had the best times and that's what it came down to and it was really cool anon shout out to him awesome dude kid actually uh, <laughs> crazy at the game and loved to see him show up and just dominate real quick honestly uh, shout out to non number one cool dude i've interacted with him a little bit on twitter and nothing crazy but like seems like a really cool dude and i can't lie i was rooting for bolts man obviously rooting for north america in that final moment but again congratulations to non that was huge yeah, it is really cool to see that they ran it in what you would believe to be an Olympic style. Like you had different players invited basically from different countries and, and representations around the world. Um, I don't believe, was there much overlap or was it a singular person representing a single country um, as far as the lineup went? Because it, it was very finite, right? It was pretty exclusive. I think there was only 12 invites, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So they invited the winners of each FNCS um, or the winners of each regional FNCS for major one. Sick. So technically there could have been 14. I, I heard cold had some issues. Some other players had issues, but it, funny enough, the two players from North America both didn't play together, acorn and bolts, but one was from Canada. One was from the USA. So it worked to have them differently. Now that you say yeah. that, yeah, I don't think anyone was from, Oh, no, no, no. Pipo and uh, Zagu they were both were... from Japan. Those were yes. the only overlaps. Okay, little little uh, favoritism to some of the, the Asian market, but okay, we get it. Now, but uh, yeah, li listen, uh, what, what was the prizing, though? Obviously, the the glory, being able to the, the shout out, and of course, um, I, I think they got giving a physical trophy of sorts as well, of course, for placing high. That's probably the most in invaluable or most valuable piece of uh, winnings that they walked away with there. But was there prizing attached? Like, I, I didn't I didn't get to see much. The, the most of the positive sentiment that I picked up, which, by the way, was all positive on the timeline, was just like shouting out the production, shouting out the effort put into it, like the quality and, and basically the gr the gravita of the event it, it felt like it lived up to um up to par i mean you were there in person it looked gorgeous like top of the line stuff um was there a prizing for coming in first nah so for you fortnite people this was an event without a prize and wow everyone may be like oh trash event but no this is the olympics you want a trophy it's a pretty sick trophy um and not only that but he went home with it. Anon didn't yeah. even have to get it shipped to him. Like literally <laughs> just went on the plane, took it home. Isn't that, isn't that weird to say like we had a big event that everyone like pretty much loved, but there was no money attached. It just sounds like it doesn't exist in Fortnite. I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> We're spoiled. It shows, it shows that it could. It shows that saying. it could happen. Brands matter, yeah. but. Uh, a trophy too. Yeah, the trophy. The trophy is very cool. But listen, Olympics coming to uh, to esports, I think is is a significant a moment for the entire space obviously shout out to sbg all of his partners that he got to um, commentate and and work alongside of you guys made history like when we look back and, and just see hey what was the what was the first esports olympics event because you have to assume if they're doing this they're testing the waters and if this goes to run on for another decade or two or three or indefinitely now because this is where the the landscape is changing I mean, you were very much a part of that that first kickoff of the games and and talent and invited so very sick stuff congratulations all right i'm sure you've heard that a lot 
very very cool man um and and yeah we're we're very excited to see what happens next man what what other games are going to be thrown in um what does this mean for fortnite and and just yeah esports in general one of the things that i, I wanted to say because part of the reason fortnite was added it was it was added secondary it wasn't initially part of the announcement and i think that was a great decision i mean obviously i'm biased but it was the only game that had more of a traditional esports background that was successful from everything I heard from the production team, from some of the feedback I got from some other teams we worked with. It was all great. Everyone loved the event. So it seems like the goal is to now do something similar to this at Paris in 2024. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to say that, that we kicked off like esports at the Olympics and you know maybe some of you young kids don't understand how massive of a deal this is but this is a global competition featuring the best athletes in the world that's the Olympics and now to be able to have gaming come along with that that is huge and that can't say enough for what gaming is doing because to continue to take these steps we're seeing these massive prize pools but now it's being recognized on a global scale by some old people that don't really even care about video games the the olds are traditionally the ones that push back against it so to have them realize how important this has become and then put it on a stage like this i, I can't say enough about it and and let's not forget you get like you're representing your country right so there comes like when when the olympics gets involved there's a different level of media and and press and maybe this go around you know they didn't pull out all the the bells and whistles and all the stops they're they're seeing how this can all play out but if you have to assume they're coming back in 2024 then you're you're really likely to get much more coverage like mainstream coverage um kind of reminds me of the significance of what the world cup brought to gaming as a whole like the spectacle itself was literally covered by all types of media outlets of course transcending gaming and getting into uh true entertainment culture I, I feel like there's a world here a parallel here that can get broken through because of uh yeah the, the just the olympics being involved in that that national pride starting to step in it reminds me of when king won the world like not that he won the world cup but he basically won in the eyes of his entire country right um everyone from brazil and venezuela and all of those um you know south american uh, countries they stepped up and they supported him and they embraced him and he was literally like the king of the city for uh for a moment there so much in fact he was you know greeted by officials and and you know other diplomats and stuff like that so i just think it's very cool i think there's this this new um you know a uh, uh, persona that can come uh, about from this and this this new perspective of folks looking at esports and and being able to take pride in representing for the country so very cool stuff but let's let's start jumping into some of the other can i throw one yeah, more yeah, thing go out ahead, there? Go ahead. uh one other cool piece is you guys can see the map if you go back and watch the replays unfortunately you can't play it yourself but it was made by a 17 year old high school student from japan wow the fact that like a kid from japan was able to make the map for the olympics that they played on that is sick yns underscore fn on twitter give, give cool. that man's a shout very cool um and just shows you the capabilities of again the landscape literally changing children young adults teenagers can pick up building uh, basically dev work dev experience in building inside of unreal and Fortnite's creative. So Fortnite truly uh, leading, I, I would say, the charge right now for innovation and, and evolution across the entire industry, kind of keeping up with um, yeah, with the with such rapid change that's going on. Uh, but anyways, I, I did want to start transitioning to some of the uh, some of the other stuff I wanted to talk about. Last episode, we, we kind of hinted at how like this this battle between Kick and Twitch was going down. Um, and you might be wondering, well, how does that relate to Fortnite? Well. We just had two of the biggest unbannings of Fortnite players in the last several years. Like we we've seen people come and go. We've seen Fortnite players face their own controversies and get taken to the point to where platforms have banned them off of their platforms. Basically, um, we're really talking about Twitch here with Face Jarvis, Paper, Kanata, and there's a couple more as the as list did grow you know pretty deep as you know folks are making different types of content but what we have right now is the unbanning of kanada and paper panda this comes also shortly after kanada did his first stream on twitch or sorry on kick is that a coincidence or what, what are we thinking here is, is twitch feeling the pressure right now 
I don't know. So look, I will say this. I watched um, Jake Lucky's interview with uh, the CEO of Twitch and, and I watched some of the mannerisms he had around the answers. And while his answers were all, oh, there's nothing wrong. Uh, we, we congratulate them going over there, this, that, and the third. It was very diplomatic, very like uh, politically correct in response. Um, you could tell, I think, long term, they may be thinking about, okay, this could be a problem for us. How do we address it now? Oh, were we too harsh on bands at one point? Who are the most notable bands that we could just unban real quick? And and there were several. It wasn't just Kanata and Paper, but Kanata and Paper obviously are closer to us in our home because of Fortnite. So we see those on bands come through and we're like, okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe they are a little concerned about what's going on. And then, of course, the re that introduction of that 70-30 policy or what is it, Partner Plus or whatever, that's a whole different topic. You guys probably already covered that. Yeah, uh, we we pod, uh but... we bashed on Twitch pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie, but mostly <laughs> just mostly because Twitch is dropping, like you said, these policies that are one like this was already uh, a thing before it became public. Like this is the same requirements and prerequisites that they were already looking for when handing out the 70-30 split secretly, and now it's just public. So it's not like there's any innovation here, any change. They're just becoming more and more air quote transparent. And we also digged into the whole um, hype chat feature, you know, ripping it from YouTube. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's another way for them to monetize on top of the creator's income. And, and you know, we, 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 we did get deep into that. So I don't think we got to dig too many shots at Twitch this time around, um, but it is cool to see Paper and Kanata unbanned. Did you get to see any of the, any of the content that they pushed out? Are they... Um, finding new levels of motivation because I could have swore Paper was just talking about he quit for like forever. Well, so here's the deal with with Paper specifically, he was ran into some health issues um, that were alarming at first, but apparently a, a doctors cleared him, so he's decided to come back to Fortnite. That's why he's fully and it was obviously timing as well was the same time that he got unbanned on Twitch, so it was like extra motivation for him to definitively come back. But um, for Kanata, like yes, he's back to content. I don't see any additional motivation from them. Like, I'm not seeing like, oh, we're planning this stream and this stream and this stream. They're live and they've been live, but it's not like they're still not consistent streamers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think from what I've seen, Paper's going to stream events, Kanata stream the solo cash cup pretty much every day that I've seen him streaming. His title is unbanned for the first time in three years or something like that so i think he's a little excited about getting back although it is such a coincidence he stream on kick and then all of a sudden someone that literally hasn't been touched now becomes unbanned so it just shows has to show you that twitch is now trying to pay attention um they're not really good at doing that so like we'll see how it goes long term but um it's interesting to see they they finally have pretended to care for at least a, a couple weeks. Yeah, and just looking at the numbers here, so Kanata, you know, gets unbanned. His his first stream back, as you expect, super hype, super big. He does a seven and a half hour return stream uh, as of five days ago, and it picked up eighty eight thousand views. That's really not bad. So that's a great return show. Um, numbers have fizzled down since then, but. Either way, his VODs are, you know, showing like 40,000 views on his most recent Cash Cup um, showcase. So it kind of tells you that, yeah, if you stream competition, there's a spike in viewership on his competition streams versus his non-competition stream because he has a three-hour show that only had 5K views. So look at the the difference. The, if you just look unbiasedly at the, at the math here, his stream where he just played some customs and, and did some like warm-up stuff you know more casual five thousand total channel hits the one where he streamed the actual cash cup forty thousand i'm not good enough to do the math percentage difference but i'm sure it's well in the thousand plus percentile growth of the difference so just very very cool to see that there is an interest in people watching their favorite creators of course professionals compete and 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 do it for the content and do it on stream i mean it's the reason why uh clicks is so successful so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that i'm happy to have him back i've been advocating for twitch to unban him i think for as long as anyone else has you know i'm constantly throwing the tweets out there too like uh you know just it, there's good impressions there but it's also 
it's genuine like he he got banned for something so silly so i'm happy there's this been this reveal period and he was able to get unbanned um because now he he returns and, and we get to see his side of it um and it's always been kind of weird right you host a tournament and you're like oh well we're gonna interview Kanata, but he's banned on the platform you know and even on fncs it kind of always has that that little um a little chip if you will on the shoulder of the uh the interviewees and stuff so pretty cool stuff but um yeah. what uh, uh panda i wanted to ask you if if you were to get banned tomorrow um what platform are you going to you got youtube you got rumble kick. you have kick would you truly choose kick yeah tell me why so i'm gonna be honest with the audience right because I, I i like being transparent with the situation uh the only reason and I am getting ready to start streaming and doing uh, a lot more content here in the next uh, few weeks following this next trip. So I've been having a lot of conversations and thought about like what platform I'm going to be on. And I am going to come back to Twitch. The reason I'm coming back to Twitch is because Twitch rivals and I do work with Twitch rivals, right? And obviously this could get clipped and sent straight to Twitch and seen by Twitch and it would stop everything anyway. But I strongly believe as a small creator who is looking to build a platform at this time, and when I may say small creator, I mean like 200 viewers or less, you have so much more potential on a platform like Kick that is showing true care to creators um, with the 95.5 split, the um, discoverability bonus, and obviously Kick is going around to small streamers and helping support like rating them with different influencers and celebrities and things like that. Like, there's a lot of uh, a push to help support the smaller scene on Kick right now, which in my opinion has never been done on Twitch. So if there's any time to, to go to Kick, I think it's go now. And I think Kick has more money to blow on making this platform successful than Amazon is willing to put into Twitch to keep it going. There was a recent email that was, I don't want to call it leaked because it was a, it was an email between Twitch and a creator that was inquiring about a Twitch front page carousel spot. And the email respondent, the representative from Twitch responded and said, Hey, at this time we've actually closed applications for creators to request a front page spot on the platform. In, again, this is coming at a, a, a I don't want to say a, a bad opportunity or a bad time, but it really is just bad timing <laughs> because yeah. Twitch is already kind of in this back and forth with the creators and, and these anti-creator policies. So it seems like there's even some adjustments happening again now on the backside. Some of the small things that creators view Twitch as uh, as a benefit being on the platform, that big discoverability for front page and you know being able to sign up for that. Like that's kind of on even that's on pause right now and on close. Well, and I think one of the things that stood out for me from the conversation that Jake Lucky had with the CEO of Kick was that they're coming for esports now. Mm. And Twitch has pretty much stopped supporting esports, other than it's like, yeah, cool, you guys can have it on our platform, but you're, we're not really doing much outside of Twitch rivals. Like they used to invest hugely in gaming and esports, and now it seems like everyone's going elsewhere. I mean, we saw the leaked CDL is going to YouTube a couple months back, or maybe a month back or so. So it'll be interesting. I think um, either way, uh, the streaming world is moving away from Twitch, and I don't think Kick has done enough to make itself relevant. Uh, I respect Devin Nash a lot. And from what he said is people are moving away from spending money on Twitch and they're not willing to even touch kick right now. So that leaves YouTube as the primary option for people trying to stream events. And I think we'll start to see more of that soon. Well, so I heard this and take this with a grain of salt. Um, and I'm not going to say who I heard this from, but they are attempting. It does sound like kick is attempting to hire people specifically for esports. Um, that is on their list of new like new employees coming in in the, the immediate future. So if that's the case, I do believe they have a strong um, a strong will to compete with things like Twitch Rivals and to, to try and host um, other esports on their platform. And I, it looks like they're going to incentivize companies to do so. I could even imagine, right, like think about Fortnite, for example. Fortnite is not one to put sponsorships on FNCS, but I could see them doing a deal with kick where there's no sponsorship ad on the stream itself, 
but it they pay uh kick pays Fortnite to have it platformed over there so i mean look it, it's a possibility I, I definitely see the the resources and the the desire to to be disruptive coming from kick and that is a huge threat uh to twitch and even to youtube and the streaming uh streaming side because number one neither of them can really get changes across the board without so many layers to it kick can do it almost instantaneously um and that's one thing that mixer had a problem with as well they were doing some of the right things to transition creators over and and had good like good bit rate and other things that were like advantages to mixer but because they were microsoft again they face the same thing as twitch and youtube where they have to get all these X's crossed with so many different executives to make a change where again, kick can decide to make a change. And within a month or two, the change isn't like activated and it's just done. Yeah. I remember Ninja actually testified that as well. His, his biggest problem being on the platform mixer was like, dude, if I wanted to port my subscribers over from Twitch, my email list or whatever, and then ping them on Facebook. Yeah. Right. Like that was never going to happen. It took forever to move any little kind of integration or suggestion, um, into an actionable state. And, and that was probably his biggest problem. Again, luckily for him contract was, you know, closed a little early. He got paid out and, you know, things definitely went in his favor as he managed to jump back in. But, um, you know, just recently we talked about how Ninja of his own violation, just, Hey, he went live on kick because of the, the policies that we were seeing on Twitch. Like there was no reason for him to not output to all these endpoints. Remember he gave up his, his partnership just so that he wouldn't have to follow that clause. Um, and yeah. now, you know, that's, that's basically, you know, not allowed across the platform collectively. So a lot of big changes there happening. Um, I'm with you, Panda. I can definitely see kick trying to put some money into not buying exclusive rights, but yeah, Sweeten in the deal to uh, have themselves be a platform to host some of this content. I'm sure YouTube doesn't pay for it, but, you know, because of what YouTube is and same for like Twitch, you know, they have these deals in place to make sure that the events are covered and, and they're up there and they probably have some favoritism in the algorithm and things like that. I would not be surprised if Kicks ends up paying not just them, but like tournament organizers like practice server, like others that host events. There's no reason for them to not look to put some money into getting more content put onto their platform it's it's definitely um i, I think a, a lucrative avenue that's going to be opening up in in the coming years and it is going to be pretty interesting to see how that plays out but um with that let's jump into fortnite man we got pretty much our last couple topics here as we start wrapping up this short and sweet episode uh, another big update pretty much hit us this week here uh sbg is going to take us through maybe some of the changes we have some augments thrown up in here of course we had the introduction of Dude, there's like a cyber cannon blowing players up. And I mean, there, there's a lot going on. Customs obviously have been changed. You you cannot basically host games in certain uh, uh, certain regions anymore. Now it's all just central on any like there, there's a lot of stuff going on. But let's just talk about some of the recent changes here, SBG. Um, I'll be honest with you, Monster. I have not touched the game. I have not looked at Fortnite oh, besides the Olympics <laughs> in like two weeks. So uh, I'm, I'm going to throw that over to somebody else. I'll take it. So I've been following it super closely, um, especially the recent changes. So number one, the Cybertron cannon has been removed. Um, another thing, the Breacher shotgun apparently in the tournament playlist was in, but it was in by accident. It wasn't meant to be there. And now, now they've officially unvaulted it, but they've unvaulted it with nerfs. Mm. So it does less damage to build. So it doesn't one-shot brick and metal like it used to but it's still when you're first building something it can take it out pretty quickly because the shot does 225 damage to builds now as far as the augments go there are six new augments in the game you have the shrub mud which is going to be impactful i'll get back to that in a little bit you have heavy ammo acquired which instantly gives you heavy ammo um you have splash party which gives you sl uh, slap splashes which are a new item added to the game you have heavy headshot which uh, weapons using heavy ammo have increased headshot damage Thermal Mud, which you gain thermal vision while covered in mud. And then Roaming Redeploy, which is the another big one, uh, allows you to gain redeploy when um, when you jump off of vines, zip lines, um, and bounce off of the mushrooms, the existing mushrooms. So those are six new augments. The, the heavy ammo ones are interesting because they ended up vaulting the heavy sniper, which was another weird change to make with these additions. But the Heavy Repeater, which is a new weapon uh, into the game this update, 
does take heavy ammo, so that's going to be heavily played into those augments. And the heavy repeater has now allowed players to use what is essentially double pump again. And when you say so, heavy repeater, this is the explosive rifle, yeah. basically. It literally mm -hmm. shoots an explosion that seems to be pretty powerful. It's on the it's on the OP side of things. Am I wrong to assume this? You're not wrong. And it, it the the cool thing about it is you can, like I was saying before, you could play into the double pump that we knew and loved from the past because you have a shotgun in one, you put that in the other, and it, it literally reacts very similarly to the way double pump does. And that that repeater is so much more forgiving when doing damage because you don't necessarily have to hit it direct. You just have to. It's kind of an AOE hit. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I saw some clips on the on the timeline. Everyone was like, "Hey, look, this is this is like basically the return of double pump shotgun and." we all know it's going to get nerfed but it's fun while it's here and i mean it, it didn't get patched right so we are seeing this what feels like stylistically the, the the play style of double pump shotgun kind of making its return which is very fun and i'm not gonna lie the clips look pretty sick they looked uh, uh traumatizing to the person who was running away from the guy bullying his way through all the builds and stuff but uh it still looked pretty sick I i'm seeing here from hypex who he put out um, a possible leak of the the pump shotgun returning with some heavy significant changes i, I wonder how the community is going to take to this we've kind of already seen that the community loves to celebrate the return of the classic shotguns but they absolutely hate when the nerfs kind of get introduced to it so the potential new pump shotgun as of right now is probably going to have a tighter spread longer range and a lot less damage headshot damage at legendary rarity so it's interesting to see how um the shotgun continues to get adjusted like it, it's like with all the changes throughout all the years they're still not ha quite happy with how strong it is and i think it's because in the past remember it was the data that showed too many elims with shotguns this particular shotgun when it's in the game but then when you change it then the smg goes rampant like there's just never been the proper balance and they're still trying to find that balance yeah, I think for the future of Fortnite, it'll be interesting. Like, the Havoc, I think, is a fine shotgun. Mm -hmm. I think the current, like, status of how everything works, besides the Breacher, which shouldn't be competitive, we're, we're fine. I like the the Tack or the Maven and then also the Havoc. That's a, a pretty good combo between the two. The drum shotgun, kind of irrelevant as far as the comp goes. But both of those pretty successful hopefully they don't do too much to change it all and i mean one other thing we have to think about is we are coming up on epic's two-week break so they always go on a two-week summer break and a two-week winter break mm, yep we're probably not seeing any significant changes over the next two weeks i, I yeah. believe from what i've seen it's next week and the following mm -hmm. or maybe the skip next week and then the, the two weeks after that so what we're playing right now is going to be like what the game looks like i'd say for at least a month or so yeah i, I can it say is. i had one billion percent some meetings on calendar with some epic people and they were canceled so i'm i'm leaning heavily to <laughs> people are going to be enjoying their vacation sometime soon go ahead Panda. yeah no i think it starts next week uh from what i can tell another thing i didn't mention is it looks like the pump shotgun is returning so the shotgun loop pool is going to be very saturated to say the least but it's not even like the pump shotgun that we knew in the past it's a different pump shotgun so keep that in mind when getting ready to play the game you never know when they could drop that because it's ready to drop in the game i was gonna say um also just <laughs> looking at hypex because this guy covers leaks and news and, and this was a pretty fun one that i want to bring up and get your opinion on you think the fortnite social media man is gonna get in trouble apparently fortnite maybe accidentally retweeted valorant's like announcement trailer did someone forget they were on the fortnite main account this caused a lot of conversation because hypex then of course when he shares it the screenshot says yo are we gonna have like a fortnite x valorant i don't think there's a a, a dimension where that's happening in, in any no of our shot. futures right now but um yeah someone retweeted from the fortnite main account a valorant announcement post what do you what do you guys mistake I, I so I, I definitely think this is a one-off mistake. However, saying that Fortnite Valorant can't happen, I think is a long shot because Epic already like made their play to put League and Valorant on the um, Epic Store. Mm. So and, oh, and it's one of the true. it's one of the only places that Valorant and and League lie outside of the straight downloads from Riot. So just a little 
little fun okay. fact thought okay. from me. I don't think it's impossible because again, Fortnite doesn't believe that it's uh, really in competition against Riot for these titles. True. Now, if Riot were to create like a BR and then an, like uh, a, a, essentially a UEFN, then we're we're talking more competition and more issues. But I do believe that they look at each other cohesively, not enemies. That's pretty yeah, sick. That's a good so, point. So you're saying we're gonna um, get we're gonna get raised in Fortnite? Would be badass. It could. I, I, <laughs> we, we got Jinx. True. Right. So True. it's possible. I definitely yeah. think it is. So. I didn't even think about that. So yeah, I'm wrong. There, there is more than a shot that they will work together, considering they already have. Um, the one thing this makes me think is that does the Valorant team and the Fortnite team hire the same agency to do their social media? Mm. Like that is what I'm thinking when I see a mistake like that. Because let's be honest, you're not. I mean, maybe a person is making that mistake, but I feel like if you're on your own personal account, like that's a social media manager somewhere, it's a lot harder to make that mistake than it would be, say, you you are running a bunch of different large social media accounts and accidentally wind up on the wrong one. That is true. Well, the mystery remains. Uh, it has not been officially confirmed or denied if Fortnite x Valorant is going to be a thing. Uh, it happened, and then it quickly unhappened. They unretweeted that thing faster. But not fast enough before, um, yeah, Hypex and, and other folks can get this screenshot, which is interesting. People see something, they're like, oh, yeah, this is shocking. I'm going to screenshot it because it's too good to be true. And it ends up turning out to be some kind of mistake or something. We'll figure it out. Well, last piece of news here before we, uh, we, we get on out of here. Obviously, Gamers 8 is going to be the biggest event of the summer. It's coming up. In just a couple, is it just like a week away or something like that? It's, it's very close. Yeah. Um, we have what is going to be, is it a $2 million prize pool allocated just to Fortnite? We have a yes. massive prize pool on the horizon, life-changing money. I think first place gets 400 grand, maybe 200 grand, something something ridiculous, 500 grand. Panda's got a five in the air, $500,000. <laughs> there is some fat cash, fat stacks up on the line. I think just for making it to finals, it's kind of World Cup style in the sense that you get paid tens of thousands of dollars for being um, just invited to the end. Yep, look at that. 44th place is going to get 10 grand out the gate and pricing is going to immediately start to jump up. Now, if you find yourself somewhere near the top three, top five, you start getting into that six-figure pricing mark. Of course, split between you and your duo, but nonetheless, there is a lot of money. So there's houses on the line right now waiting to be earned in pricing. Um, let's talk about it. Obviously, we know this is coming up very soon. We've kind of gotten our qualifiers already. There was uh, that, that big shocking news just a couple months ago dreamhack was embracing the dreamhack track as basically the official qualifier to get to saudi gamers 8 and now it's happening we are basically here it is just a couple weeks away we don't have all the players though we know that there are some private invitees so as those are starting to roll out and we get those announcements i mean it's going to be still pretty exciting now with gamers 8 happening next week do we have any concern that because epic is potentially on vacation not an office like th these are big things to kind of worry about when you have such a major tournament happening at the same time also let's just think about game stability um game stability has been a, in a pretty rocky place the last uh red bull event wasn't the greatest when it comes down to like the the server performance side and you know that was a big third party event um most of the third party events we've had in lead up have been pretty rough to be to be fair like with with one problem or another gamers 8 is going to be another i guess competition that's happening outside of official tournament realm like not it's not going to be in-game supported so this is going to be done through what we've already seen the custom game track like i i kind of have a concern for the competition um i can say right now like us as practice server is not involved this time around we helped all you know the american or I should say the U.S. Soyuz events. But once it came on over to Europe, you know, things kind of have been going in their own direction with their own teams, and it hasn't gotten much better. I am extremely concerned. Yeah. I have seen in the past, the past six stream hacks have had issues. And I think one of the things that comes to mind when LAN events happen is everyone tries to log in at once. It gets pinged as someone trying to attack the server. And then Epic blocks that POI. And if there's nobody home to answer that phone call or get whitelisted before that all happens, 
this could be a massive problem. And I hope someone has thought of this because this has happened a lot of different lands. I've seen it happen at least three different times. So hopefully this is taken care of. It, it's and crazy. Then, I mean, all the game stuff. Like, I was, obviously. I was just going to throw in there. It's crazy to think that like 50 to like 100 logins is enough to like trigger like security flaw. Bam. Like shut this spot down. Like like that. that's pretty yeah. wild. Um, yeah, Panda, what are your thoughts? Like any concerns about what's going to happen? I mean, obviously Gamers 8 or sorry, DreamHack Sweden legitimately had a cheater. Like someone leaking game codes to another player to go in the lobby and cheat. Now that just shows you out the gate that the same thing can happen here. All it takes is one person who knows how to exploit the system and literally share the code to another. Yeah. Like, they, they, that's what's happening. Someone that was not at the physical event was cheating from home and streaming it. So, for, from my perspective, um, I think it's a little different. Um, being out there last year, some of the things that you see, like, in that case specifically, mm -hmm. they have admins standing over everybody, right? So, there's one admin to every, like, two like every two teams had like one admin right so they're standing over your shoulder um you're not allowed to have any programs except team speak mm. right they they submit the code for you there's a lot there's a lot there because it is an in-person event okay. um that's different they did and and on the whitelist side they did whitelist the game ahead of time good and then on the server performance side it's not builds it's zero builds only so these are things that are going to help mitigate those issues they're not going to be perfect solutions by any means but i do believe it'll run a lot smoother than we've seen other events so especially like looking at back at the dream hacks there weren't like performance issues in either the summer or the dallas those were more administrative issues with and like with unite going down which was completely out of uh, your control in dallas and then with the cheater it was code leaks um but without those like things to cause that to happen they shouldn't have any issue because they're again it shouldn't in in theory shouldn't happen yeah no no those, those are great points um i didn't again i wasn't i wasn't in attendance to the last gamers eight you you did get to attend the previous gamers eight um mm -hmm. so yeah you you can definitely speak hot more much much more uh you know definitive to to the method i guess of, of code distribution and stuff that sounds like it's going to be a much better event so you made me feel so much better i'm like now, really looking forward to seeing a good, well-ran, clean event. I feel a lot better knowing that, yeah, if they have the same amount of just staffing involved in the distribution system, that's really the most important part when Epic is not putting the event or, you know, the tournament organizer and Epic didn't agree to have the event hosted in-game. There are just so many more rooms for vulnerability, areas of vulnerability. So... With that being said, Gamers Day, can, do we have a date? Is it July? Hold up. Let me, let me try to find this. Seven, exact. six through the nine. Six through well, the ninth. It's a three-day tournament. Hashtag the land of heroes. Okay, so they got a hashtag going on. A three-day tournament, $2 million um, happening for three days of competition. Uh, SBG, we saw, is this the leaks? I guess the shared scoring system, the early version of it that's already been dropped out. That means 18 games of competition. We've already seen players hate to play two-day tournaments. We got a th we got a three-day tournament, but there's a lot of money up in the air, so I don't think anyone's going to be upset. Yeah, this is historic. I don't know that we've ever had a three-day tournament played in Fortnite, so we'll see how that goes. It's six games each day, and not only that, but each day is 25% more points. So if you think of it like, say, you get one point on day one, then you'll get one and a quarter point on day two for the same exact placement, and then 1.5 points on day three. So it's kind of like a, a catch-up mechanic or an ability for anyone to have a good second or third day and really show out during the tournament. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I'd say most tournaments – people are not going to have two good days you might have one really good day and an okay day but for the most part we've we've not seen that like standout amazing two-day performance on a regular basis although now three days that'll be interesting because it's going to bounce back and forth where ultimately if you have an okay first two days and a sick last day you may wind up the winner well and i want to add to that like i think part of the reason they did that is look at Queasy Venos day one from FNCS, literally just recently. 200 plus points lead 
they they won basically after day one. Like they were very close to winning or effectively won after day one of EU FNCS. If you're a tournament admin and you're looking at that and you know that they're coming, right? You're thinking to yourself, not not necessarily saying that it's the same, right? And obviously Queasy Veno didn't perform the same in zero build as they do builds. But the admins probably aren't looking at it like that. They're looking at it like, okay, this is a possibility. How do we mitigate this? Or, or how do we mitigate teams that just do well day one uh, walking away with it after after that moment and not causing disruption for the next two days. So it'll be interesting. And I think the three-day tournament is going to be super competitive because things can change day to day. Like, people can change strategies. People VOD review. People watch back what they did the day before. Like, if you're smart, if you're a smart team, every single day you have a different game plan. Yeah. You are not doing the same thing that you started that you did on day one and day two, and vice versa for day three. This is really These the are things to think I, about. I was gonna say it's really the chance to kind of take a, a large sample of games in obviously a very high stakes environment. Granted, this is not the most competitive product Fortnite has to offer. We are talking zero build. There's a lot of room for wackiness, if you will. Um, remember the way customs work in Fortnite. Everything that's in the game is accessible to you, regardless if you're a tournament organizer and you put air quotes rules in place. People still have to follow those rules and things happen. So uh, I'm assuming there are going to be no restrictions on vehicles, raptors, weapons, like whatever it is, mechanics, you know, shotgun, right? Like this might be the first double pump tournament we see run for three days and it's going to be pretty amazing i think it's gonna be pretty sick um and, and it's it's all happening in just about a week mark your calendars july 6th is gonna be a big day it's going to kick off and i really think there's gonna be a very very fun tournament that we're gonna look back on um for the year for the, at least the remainder of the year maybe un until next year and more because the state of the game is in a very unique position right now if we don't get any changes from here to then I mean, it is going to be legit fireworks. So it'll be pretty fun. I saw you link something cool here, though. What's up? So uh, a little addition uh, to Fortnite. I don't know if if we've seen this. And obviously, we haven't seen it tested, so we don't know how well it's going to work. But Fortnite announced this morning that they've added Fortnite leaderboards in Discord. So you can do daily, weekly, and seasonal leaderboards in any of your Discords and have leaders assigned to top roles um in your discord as well as also uh in the official fortnite server so it's a new bot that was created i'm not sure again not sure how it works exactly um but could be something that tournament admins use uh for events depending on what they do again negative. haven't tested it negative <laughs> it is not for tournaments um i, I, I know saw, by, by i saw design, the team but... tweet about it like mm -hmm. it's literally just collecting data from public games so it's not you can't specify it for custom lobby lobbies at least as of now from what i've seen it looks like you can may, may like like kill races right you could host kill races through something like this start at this time end at this time more community driven stuff not like like uh like your typical fncs style this is games, this is not a competitive product is what we're getting at this is very yeah. out of touch if epic and fortnite thought this is how scrims are ran this is so out of touch but i don't i don't i think they knew what they created when they created this this is like you said tailored and geared to the very casual player i think if anything they're trying to take away the monopoly that is fn tracker for the only place to view your stats this is just like another way to have some kind of functionality that can draw up exactly your points your stats your elims that kind of stuff um and because this information is available i wish it was like a pub like a little bit more public with the api i guess so we could see cooler stuff being built because basically anyone could have already built this this is like yeah the way i view this this is like a, a less smaller or differently packaged fn tracker it's just showing different stuff that is otherwise still accessible so nothing crazy um innovative here but still interesting nonetheless that they're kind of supporting this space now this was developed and created by the folks that made the war legends tool um it's no surprise that they do some back-end stuff and you know when it when it comes down to creating tools and bots they have a very talented team over there uh but uh if i if i had to guess seeing that war legends have has a, a fairly competitive product 
they would have known that this is not a competitive product. It, it, it's a product though, nonetheless. But this this tweet comes from the main Fortnite game handle, so I mean they're proud of it, proud enough to yeah tweet it out and share it. Yeah, I mean that's a a big win for War Legend though to get that product officially endorsed by Fortnite because yep. they don't endorse a lot. I mean they didn't yep. even say anything about the Olympics the entire time it was happening. So there's there's that. Um, one last quick thought about Gamers Eight. It'll be interesting to see if players get fatigued um, over the three days and I think so. who is able yeah. to better understand, like, cause day one, in my mind, looking at this point structure is kind of not kind of, it's significantly less important than the two other days. So, you know, maybe we see some ridiculousness go on in day one and then day two and three, the players start to take it a little more seriously. Um, and then one thing on the dates, the six is a, middle eastern qualifier to get a couple of last teams and then the seventh eighth and ninth are the three days of the final style lobby and real quick just to uh, add on to the war legend conversation for a moment war legend if you're listening please fix code leaks for the love of god thank you it's not it's really just not even up to them though unfortunately this there's is... tools that they can use i don't want to hear it i know uh... you listen you're being nice and I'm being honest. <laughs> Bro, we all know there is a way to get any code now. We just need Epic Games to give us more functionality in the customs, man. Like, why can't we? Why? Like, okay, there's a there's a 200b1 queue. Give me the list. Show me the names. Like, there's all types of ways we could be able to verify that. And and just again, if you're the host, simple stuff. Show us, man. The data's right there. But um, anyways, cool stuff coming out. I'm looking at all the quote retweets for this uh, this Fortnite bot here just as I'm kind of scrolling through. The coolest one that stood out to me is there is someone extremely uh, fascinated and excited that he can see how many fish he caught. So that kind of <laughs> just shows you, uh, yeah, <laughs> who's appealing to the product and, and the market they're going to hit. But anyways, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Super light and sweet. Uh, I'm surprised we went 50 plus minutes. I really thought we were just going to get in and out, bang out a, a quick 30 minute for y'all, but... Hey, man, fun stuff. We got the Olympics here, significant for esports. Um, pressures on Twitch. A lot of changes coming for, for Gamers Aid and just, yeah, everything in between, man. Big tournaments happen next week. So I'm looking forward to uh, some Fortnite competition. I'm kind of upset. I got to wait a week to watch it. But, uh, hey, I got something to look forward to. So with that, don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the thefortnitepodcast.gmail.com. I'm going to give the boys a chance to sign out. SBG, let's start off with you, my bro. Where can the boys at home and the ladies and all the listeners find you uh somebody's got on twitter i ain't got nothing going on for the first time in months and i am so looking forward to it nice i'm actually kind of jealous of that fact uh and and on that i promised at the end of the show i would say where i'm going well we talked about the show here so just make sure to tune into next week's competition and you may or may not see me there Heck yeah, heck yeah. Well, listen, a lot of fun stuff to uh, to look forward to. Uh, as far as me, it's your boy Monster D Face. I'm getting out of here. Follow me on Twitter for what has now become a lot of baby content and just business related usual stuff. So, if y'all want to see Little Monster on the timeline, that's that's really all I care to see about. So, uh, yeah, man, I'll see y'all on the next episode. Don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all. <laughs>